These days, there's an app for everything. If you want to catch a bunch of fish, log on to More Bass. If you're a homer and you want to improve your defense, fire up Dort Dash. But if you want some food and you don't want to cook, forget about the other guys. You gotta use DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you food you're craving right now, right to your door. Ordering is easy. You open the DoorDash app, you choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Or contactless delivery drop-off setting. You choose. With over 300,000 partners in the US, Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, or the Cheesecake Factory. It's important to stay cheesecaked up. But don't forget, many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery, so just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. Got that contactless delivery, keeping communities that DoorDash operates in safe. And right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code NODUNKS. That's five fin dogs off and zero delivery fees on your very first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code NODUNKS. Don't forget, that's code NODUNKS for $5, aka five fin dogs off your first order with DoorDash. podcast on the athletic network it's saturday august 29th i'm jay skeets and joining us here as always we got tass mellis hey everybody hey tassie we got the bearded one trey kirby hey yo hey yo we've got the international man of mystery taking it to the max lee ellis friend mm. and last but not least making the magic happen jd hello there he is, and here we are on a Saturday. Yeah, first up, rest in power to Chadwick Boseman. Uh, the Black Panther star passed away on Friday after a four-year battle with colon cancer. Fuck cancer. He was just 43 years old. And then, in another devastating blow, we learned this morning that a former NBA All-Star and Survivor contestant Clifford Robertson has passed away too. Um, damn. <laughs> 2020. <laughs> fuck off 2020. Yourself. Fuck off cancer. This is, uh, it just gets worse and worse. So our condolences, of course, to the Bozeman family and the Robinson family. It's pretty incredible. I'm, I'm actually like legit ups. Uh, never mind. Sorry. I'm like affected by this for some reason. Uh, maybe it's just too much. Uh, well, it's very sad. It's very sad to see 
young men passing away. Very sad to see anybody passing away. And, uh, you know, like you mentioned, Cliff Robinson somehow became a character in our lives as basketball fans and as Survivor fans. Uh, yeah, and, you know, Chadwick Boseman passing away last night was very sad. And then you wake up this morning and see about Clifford Robinson. Not great. It's a while that you said young people. It felt like Chadwick Boseman was in his early 30s with how exuberant he was, everything mm-hmm. he could do, all the roles he played, uh, the range he had as an actor, and the fact that he had cancer for four years and nobody in the public knew about it. And why the heck would you know about it with the way he uh, provided joy to so many people? It's You just never know what's going on in people's lives. So uh, take that with you every day uh, that you walk around. You really don't know what people are dealing with. And uh, also, go get checked uh, yeah. every single day. Every single moment you think about possibly going to get checked, go get checked. Mm-hmm. And Cliff Robinson, too. Lee, one of the coolest players of all time, right? I mean, this guy, too, for four years span, averaged 20 points per game. Yeah. He was good. He was an all-star. made a couple of defensive teams. We've talked about him before because, yeah, he came back into our lives because of our Survivor fandom. And he was on one of the greatest Survivor seasons of all time in, in Cagayan <laughs> with Tony and Wu, like teaming up with Wu, who we've now become friends with, you know, through the internet, which is so weird to begin with. Um, but yeah. he was awesome, un- Uncle Cliffy. And uh, rocked the headband back in the early 90s before it was cool. He was the one who really brought the headband back, had that red one out in Portland, which was uh, so cool. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, after the news last night, it was pretty tough to digest. And then you wake up and just uh, dealt this other blow this morning. So uh, certainly... Um, Certainly feels pretty uh, like it's a gut punch, just one after the other right now. Mm-hmm. And, and 2020, and you know, talking about uh, Chadwick there, uh, a lot of people sharing memories and moments with him. And uh, there's one going around of him and Kobe together. And you, honestly, you sort of forget that we also lost Kobe this year. You know, you're just seeing, uh, you're seeing so many people share their their moments and just how inspirational he was to everybody. And like, man, Kobe's gone too. Like 2020 just uh, does not seem to let up at all. So. Yeah, thoughts and prayers, of course, to everyone uh, affected in his family and, and Clifford Robinson's as well. And uh, yeah, it's an awful, awful start to this. Uh, well, awful start to the show. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll, we'll try and pick up our spirits here. Mm. Um, you know, do yourself a favor. Go check out yesterday's Beach Stepping podcast. That'll probably put a smile on your face. We had some fun. Uh, we had some great questions about LeBron's legacy and prime Dwight Howard and flopping. We got into. And uh, Batman we got into near the end. So uh, go check that out. Keep your questions and your comments coming to nodunksattheathletic.com. Shout out to everyone joining us live right now on YouTube here on a Saturday morning or whatever time it is when you're where you are in this world watching it. Um, let's point this out. Check out that. Check out that, boys. Look at that framed <laughs> Raptors towel in the background. Got a little bit of a glare on it because I got the lights on here. But Trey Kirby grabbing me a Raptors championship towel from the locker room in Oakland and I finally got it framed and I finally got it up and hey John Schumann you notice there's no more frames on the bed there too I know that was giving me a lot of anxiety so uh, thanks again for that TK I think it looks awesome even Nora likes it I thought the glow was just uh, the gold of the Larry O'Brien trophy <laughs> reflecting you know that's a high class item you got there yes yes very very happy with how that turned out uh, alright on today's podcast we're gonna preview and predict the Celtics Raptors second round series uh, we'll reset today's playoff games, what to watch for. But first, we got a lot of news here. And the big news is that yesterday, the NBA and the Players Association released a joint statement announcing that the NBA playoffs will resume today and that the league and its players will work together on several initiatives to promote voting access, 
combat social injustice and racial inequality and advocate for police reform. So this is, we got basketball coming back here and there are some plans in work. Again, this joint statement task from the, from the league and from the Players Association. It got to keep working at it. It can't just be a, a coalition and, and nobody does anything. So you got to keep those those motives happening. And hopefully these are, you know, daily and weekly discussions that happen in the bubble. Uh, but obviously something came of the, the labor stoppage and leveraging their labor. So the players um, have also got the owners to buy into all 30 NBA owners to have their arenas or the facilities open for the election day uh, voting for polling locations, whether it be early voting or election day voting. So that is fantastic news. There had already been a bunch that had signed up, but now if all 30 teams are providing that regardless of party, it's important to hear, get your voice heard, make your voice heard, get somebody else to vote as well. Not just yourself. You may be signed up, but I think everybody if everybody was able to uh, agree to get one other person to sign up, that just gives people an, an empowered feeling. It's an empowering thing to be able to vote. So uh, look around, find somebody and get them out there. And hey, if you're voting in a, an arena of an NBA team, that's pretty cool. It's a cool feeling. I went down to the Hawks arena in August when there was a special election. It's a, it's a cool feeling to, to, hey, you get to be in an NBA in arena, which is pretty neat. And uh, there's tons of room. So uh, mm-hmm. uh, you can socially distance. And obviously, there's tons and tons of room for facilities as well. So it's uh, especially here in Georgia, where there were some issues, it provides uh, a, a, a nice little reprieve from uh, the standard polling location, which is uh, usually cramped. You can go hang out in the seats and chill and watch other people vote. Now, they probably won't let you do that. Uh, they definitely didn't let me do that. But anyways, it is a neat thing. And hopefully uh, hopefully people take the NBA teams up on that. Yeah. And hopefully that even spreads within the NBA itself, right? I know there are reports that uh, it's a very low number of the athletes in the league that are registered to vote. We saw reports from Chris Paul, like getting the entire Thunder team registered to vote. So you'd like to see that go across all the teams. And I, and I imagine it would. Um, anything else to add there, Trey or, or Lee? Well, apparently the coalition is going to be involving Michael Jordan and Barack Obama. So these guys are able to pull some pretty powerful uh, people into their midst to help them fight racial inequality and police brutality. There's not a lot bigger names that you can ask for in America as a black man as as Michael Jordan and Barack Obama. It's pretty impressive to see uh, the reach that NBA players have had in just a couple of days. And we will be waiting to see what other action steps are taken. Yeah, I mean, this is this is why the players strike. They want to see real action happen, and this is the first step. So hopefully it leads to more, and hopefully it leads to, uh, you know, real action being taken down the road, not just for now, not just for these next few months, but for the future so that uh, things can improve for the quality of life for a lot of uh, people who are underprivileged in this country. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Good news for one of the teams down there in the bubble. It's going to be uh, kicking off here today. Uh, Russell Westbrook is back to play in game five. This is a, a pivotal game five, my goodness. <laughs> and here comes Westbrook, the Athletics' Kelly Eco. He said Westbrook was ready and would have played in the originally scheduled game on Wednesday prior to the walkout. So here he is, Tass. He's getting a few extra days to rest up that quad. And uh, obviously big news. I mean, you're getting an all-star, you're getting a star player back for the Rockets who are tied in their series right now with the Thunder. 
now we can start the playoffs. It feels like it's not the playoffs without Russell Westbrook, just because he's been such a prominent player every single postseason. And if the Rockets are going to do anything drastic, anything anything beyond the first round here, they obviously need uh, Russell Westbrook. I mean, they could win a first-round series with OKC without Russell Westbrook, but I mean going deep into the playoffs, and they have to get him right, and it sure feels like this is the exact right moment being that it's a pivotal game uh, to get Russell Westbrook back to make this thing a 3-2 series for the Rockets. Uh, And yeah, those extra few days, I assume he's really ripe and ready to go and and that he's not just being thrown in there uh, Mm -hmm. because he's Russell Westbrook. And the fact that they were were up 2-0 as well, um, that also, you know, bodes well that they were probably just waiting uh, as much as long as possible and those wins probably helped him get an extra few days in the first place so we're gonna get a a ripe russ i think i'm ready <laughs> ready to watch that uh according to espn westbrook went through full speed five on five action on thursday <laughs> and he looked quote as explosive as ever <laughs> wow. as ever and this guy always looks explosive yeah. so that's we're, like we're, almost yeah. scary uh, uh, you know five on five full speed like when has Russ ever just sort of coasted <laughs> through any sort of uh, practice session or warm up session you know that when he's ready he's going to come back he's not going to take any time to uh, ease back into the game so very good news for the Rockets uh, and they, they definitely need him I think those first two games they played well against the Thunder but they sort of ran out of gas in those last two games so yep. Having him in there, another guy who can get inside and slash inside and score is is kind of what they need because uh, we talked a lot about their three-point shooting, how they seem to get heavy legs a little bit in those last two games. And if they've got Russ out there, he can uh, potentially give them some a little bit more of an inside game, which I think is going to be important for them. Yeah, you would, you would expect he'll... Uh be trying to be explosive as ever by driving to the basket here in this <laughs> yes. game. And, and like, but they the last two, you're right, Lee. I mean, you also saw when Harden was on the bench, it wasn't pretty. Um, no. You know, they sustained that through the first couple of games, but over the last two, I think it was like minus 25 when Harden was off the floor. Yeah, it's going to help if you got Westbrook out there to like keep the energy going and obviously keep the pressure on the defense. So this, this is big news. Anything to add, Trey? Well, it's just like Tass is saying. It's perfect timing, you know. Uh, the Rockets hit first in this series. OKC responded with their adjustments, and now the Thunder or the the Rockets, Houston's uh, adjustment is that they get to bring in a former MVP in Russell Westbrook, even if he's not at his best. I'm sure he'll be 100% body wise, but the guy's played one game since August 4th. He's going to be a little bit rusty. Remember how the season started? Westbrook couldn't get his jumper going. It didn't look like it fit perfectly, but even if they just run him out there because he's Russell Westbrook, that's just one more player. Uh, that the Rockets have, and that's going to help immensely because it did feel like they just had zero attention to detail down in clutch time, and maybe that's a function of being a little bit tired from being a player down. Who knows? But just having Westbrook out there isn't a huge adjustment for Houston. So, um, I mean, it's pivotal. It's certainly pivotal. The guy is back, and even if he's only able to give you 90% of what you're expecting when he's at his in, in, in his best form, you're still happy just to have Westbrook. Oh, for sure. And and to tie actually both of these pieces of news together, in a, I, I keep thinking, what type of Chris Paul are we going to get here on the floor? Think about what he's had to do or what he's been doing over the last couple of days in terms of like being the president of the union and trying to get everybody on board and what is the message. And I'm sure having late night meetings and talking to, to you know, President Obama or Michael Jordan, like, He's been doing a lot of things, I, I think that's mm. safe to say, and that has to be taxing, uh, at least emotionally, even maybe even physically, just pure hours. I don't know. I mean, we don't really, we don't have his schedule in front of us, but 
I do wonder, like, holy crap, are we asking him to do a lot for his team? He's already doing all this for the league and moving forward and all these great initiatives. And then, oh, hey, man, can you go out and, uh, oh, yeah, Westbrook's coming back. Can you guard him and uh, <laughs> and maybe try and get your team over the hump here? Like, I-, I wonder if that has an effect on him at all. Maybe not. He he seems to be superhuman. It could. It could. I mean, you're talking about it there. Mentally and emotionally, there's sure. a lot of work he's put in these last few days. And uh, so now he has to sort of switch that off and get back into basketball mode. So... I mean, he's an experienced guy, he's a veteran, he's been around forever, but uh, those things can certainly add up at some point. So we'll see. We'll see how he goes. But, uh, you know, I think given the series and, and you've talked about how pivotal this game is, I think he knows that this is the one that could turn the series. So you, you think everyone's going to be pretty uh, switched on for it today. Yeah, new drinking game. Every time we say pivotal, take a yeah. sip of your coffee at the very <laughs> least. Uh, yeah, I mean, Chris Paul was quoted as saying, you know, he saw that it felt like everyone needed to reset and refocus after what happened, uh, you know, late last week or mid last week. Uh, and that's what he did, he said. So maybe that's good for him too. I, I, I don't know. I'm just like, I just like, when I step back and go, holy crap, think of what Chris Paul is going up you know going on in his life right now and oh yeah families are showing up like there's a lot going on for these guys uh in this bubble and then we're asking them or you know hey go play some basketball now competitive playoff basketball so we will see we'll see westbrook back is obviously huge for rockets fans uh not great news for mavericks fans chris taps porzingis has a meniscus tear in his right knee and he's gonna miss the remainder of the series here versus the Clippers. I don't think lee they've said he's out out like if the mavericks and lucas suddenly pulled off this upset uh, maybe we see KP, but they said series. So I, I'm assuming that's sort of this season, right? Yeah, the official Mavericks release just says uh, he will not be available for the, th- the remainder of this first round. So right. I guess they're leaving the door open a little bit, but uh, it's a, a lateral meniscus tear of his right knee um, and further treatment options are being explored. Now, that's the opposite knee, right? From yes. From the ACL surgery. Yeah. I, I believe that's right, yeah. yeah. So, and, and this is the concern for uh, Porzingis now. Uh, he's had the ACL already. Now he's got a meniscus tear. Now, meniscus is obviously not as bad as an ACL, but there just seems to be a catalogue of sort of injuries building up with him with his knees um, and his legs. So hopefully this is not super serious. And, and if he misses the rest of the playoffs, I think that's fine uh, going forward if he can return for next season. But uh, yeah, just a little bit a little bit of a concern that Porzingis' uh, body is starting to let him down a little bit. And hopefully he can get over these and recover from them. But we know, for example, guys like you know Derek Rose and Brandon Brandon Roy are a couple of guys who have uh, had meniscus tears that have really almost ended their careers. I mean, in Roy's case, it did, and, and Rose's career uh, certainly went downhill after he got his many meniscus injuries. So, hopefully, it's not that bad, of course. But uh, you know, just just a big guy with some uh, a young guy, a big guy with a lot of injuries already, certainly concerning going forward. Yeah, you can find literally the catalog of all the various injuries that Porzingis has had, and it's long. It's long like his legs, and that's exactly <laughs> what the worry was for the Knicks with Chris Stapp's Porzingis. You remember uh, Phil Jackson was saying, I wonder if he's going to be able to stay healthy during his career, and at this point, you have to wonder. He's just a big, tall dude, and he the, the, the injuries seem to be piling up a little bit with him, and if you're the Mavericks, you need him to be at 100% strength for next season. You need him to be the perfect complement to Luka Doncic, because you've already got him under contract for the next four seasons, so... I mean, I guess they're keeping the door open if Dallas is somehow able to advance to a second round, but there's no way that Porzingis is coming back during this season, and he shouldn't. He should be ready and raring to go for next year so that the Mavericks can make a real run of things. There's also, I hate to say it, I don't think there's any way they advance past the Clippers without Chris yeah. Porzingis. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, Tass. Anything to add? 
Well, you would just hope that modern medicine has changed enough in comparing it to you know all the guys that have gone through it over the last decade. You know, Derek Rose, although he's still playing, it's you know almost a decade ago. As you know, same with Brandon Roy. So hopefully, even though yeah, you you look through that laundry list of uh, of injuries, and it's now both knees. And he is seven foot three, and it's definitely worrisome. But you know, we sort of worried this in a similar way, probably not as much with uh, Kevin Durant, who's also you know a seven footer. We thought back in it was a long time ago now that he had that that Jones injury in his foot, and uh, he came back, and he was he's a monstrous monstrous guy. He's not quite seven three, but. Well, you just have to be optimistic. That's that's mm-hmm. all we can do. And we knew that the the Mavs. Um, are always cautious when it comes to this stuff. And so, yeah, I highly, highly, highly doubt that he'll be back and he shouldn't be back this season. All right, finally, some big news that got lost in the shuffle uh, past week. The Indiana Pacers fired coach Nate McMillan after his team was swept in the first round of the playoffs by the Heat. Uh, The move comes after the Pacers had reworked the final year of McMillan's contract for 2020-21 and added a team option for the next season in the form of like a soft extension just a few weeks ago, Trey. So they agreed on an extension to, to some extent, and then they get swept, and Nate McMillan is fired. Well, what you, what's your take on this? Just very weird with all of the news coming out about the extension, and then as we learned, like you're saying, it was a team option a little bit later, so maybe it wasn't an extension. Right. Nonetheless, it's impossible to see McMillan leaving and knowing that Victor Oladipo is going to be entering the final year of his contract and not think... Is this Oladipo related? You know, Nate McMillan hasn't won a playoff series with the Indiana Pacers. Uh, He didn't win one with the Portland Trailblazers. He's won one first-round series back in 2005. It's easy to make a case to move on from somebody, despite the fact that the Pacers had a bunch of injuries this season. You know, no Sabonis down in the bubble. Oladipo wasn't himself after he came back from his injury, but... Uh, when a when your superstar is getting ready to hit free agency, it's not uncommon for teams to kind of make some interesting moves around the front office, around the coaching staff, just trying to do anything they can to keep their superstar around. Kind of, you know, whatever you say goes at this point, because surely the Pacers want to keep Oladipo, despite the fact that he didn't have a great season. He's still an Indiana guy, and that definitely means a lot to Pacers fans. And he's been so linked to Miami. You know, he's very close with Dwayne Wade. He seems like the kind of guy that would fit into their general ethos just the same way Jimmy Butler did so I gotta think that this has something to do with uh keeping Oladipo happy yeah according to the athletic Sam Amick McMillan was known to be resistant to some of the offensive philosophies that have become a major part of today's game that's uh you know translate that into the Pacers were not a three-point shooting team (laughs) Mm. uh during the regular season in the bubble and maybe they were behind on that end now yeah he's had a brutal playoff record but of course context is everything right there's there's no Sabonis for this one there was no Oladipo before I mean you know they took what the the Cavs to a seven game series you know you can almost look at that as a win a couple of years ago but I wonder Lee do they have a coach like when you do stuff like this, you usually have like the next coach in mind lined up. Could it be Mike D'Antoni? Is it someone else? Like, are they like just getting ready for what they already know to be their next coach? Cause this is, it was a little strange, the timing of all this. I, I mean, I guess so. You think they would have a plan in place, but to me, I still don't understand that. What was the point of extending him? If this was ultimately what they thought they were going to do anyway, if they got swept, I guess, because 
I, even though it was a soft extension, like a team option, usually these come with some sort of a buyout anyway, so they're going to have to pay him off something. So it's not like just a, a nothing extension. But going into that playoff series, did they think they were going to beat the Heat or did they think they were going to at least take them to six or seven games? Because that, to me, is the only reason that they changed their course and decided, no, actually, this was a complete disaster. They didn't get destroyed in that series. You know, those games were, were close enough, even though Miami sort of was in control most of the time. So it, it's, a, it's a confusing uh, decision for me. And questionable sort of um, logic, I guess, uh, and judgment from the front office there in Indiana, because why extend him two weeks before if you're ultimately going to decide his fate based on the playoff results? That That's the way I see it. And if he's un- unhappy with Oladipo or Oladipo's unhappy with him, why didn't the front office say, OK, let's get through the playoffs and then see from there rather than throw out this extension, which now makes them look silly? And in terms of uh, coaches out there, well, there's a job in New Orleans, there's a job in Brooklyn, there's a job uh, potentially in Houston as well, and Philadelphia. So Chicago, don't Chicago. forget the Bulls. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Bulls as well. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe so Jim Boylan saw, coming to Indiana. I, I sort of I felt for some reason the Bulls had hired a coach, but I, obviously they haven't. So there's, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of competition. And where does Indiana sit in that competition, do you think? Like, I think the most attractive job is probably Brooklyn, perhaps Philadelphia after that. And then it's like, you know, so if, if you're a coach in demand, they're probably looking at those ones first. So unless Indiana's got some guy that I think no one else is going to want, they're, then they're going to be sort of, battling for scraps of the uh, of the coaches as well there so uh it's a, it's, a, it's a weird it's a weird decision i think from uh, indiana i just would not have extended i don't i i didn't understand why they would extend him before yeah. the season was done anyway that just that doesn't make weird. any sense that yeah. part was yeah. weird but they well, do that, it, it really ahead. didn't end up being an extension right right, right. It was a, a but then what, why why did they even do that then that's what i don't get why yeah why? i don't know they seem well if you heard nate mcmillan's interview after being fired i think this was the the most interesting part was that he talked uh, afterwards and said, yeah, we, we said that we were going to do some sort of something before my last year of my contract. So we had this conversation before going down to Orlando and they basically just left it open with a team right. option. It wasn't an extension at all. It was just something that they put on the table. And then he went on in the interview uh, to say, I knew I was going to get fired essentially that <laughs> If we didn't advance past the first round, I knew it. He knew it, and and he was almost okay with it. He he just looked past, looked at the last few years, and thought, you know, we would have done a lot better if I had my guys. But I kind of knew it was happening. Then Demont Sabonis goes down, and I still think, uh, you know, if we don't get out of the first round, uh, I'm probably still going to get fired. He went down there thinking, if I don't get out of the first round, then I'm going to get fired. And he just seemed like he was had totally come to terms with that. And he was totally okay with that conversation about extension, so he didn't have a, this sort of lame duck, um, you know, situation going on. It was just odd to see that, read that interview coming from Nate McMillan's mouth, basically saying that, yeah, I knew, <laughs> I knew going down there. If I didn't come out of the first round, then it was done. And he sort of thought it may change if the situation was a little different. If Demontis Sabonis was out after that, he thought a little bit, but he also thought, nah. I'm done. I mean, there just hasn't been a lot of success. That being said, yeah, you can throw an asterisk on every single year uh, of, of his last five years there. Yeah. Uh, one final thing here. Woj, I saw, say Indiana is planning to search from a pool of candidates for the coaching spot. They would consider program builders over the long term. Now, okay, that stuff gets thrown into these things all the time. But that's interesting to me. Like, does that have anything to do with like the possibility of Oladipo leaving? Indiana, them looking to make a move um, because they like they are somewhat they have talent. I mean, Sabonis, Turner, Oladipo, Brogdon—they're all under contract next season. I mean, these are all really good basketball players. Some of them all-star level basketball players, uh, especially when all healthy, of course. So it's like 
is there is there a little code in there? Am I, am I maybe I'm um, I'm reaching here in this Woj uh, article, but like program builders, are you <laughs> are you tearing it down to some extent? Does that mean you're moving a Turner or an Oladipo? Like, what does that mean? I got my tinfoil hat on with that. They one. want a college basketball team, is what that means. Uh, Fair. Indiana Maybe. basketball is high school basketball and college basketball, and they want their team to be the same, which makes me think maybe they're looking at Kenny Atkinson. That's kind of what he was known sure. for with the Nets, right, was building culture and getting the most out of young guys and a team-focused approach. And then when they got some superstars in, that wasn't exactly what they wanted. But if you are a young team and you've got a lot of great talent that isn't necessarily number one type talent, isn't top drawer talent, uh, you know, a team that works together is better than the sum of its parts, that's the way to go. Mm-hmm, for sure. So let's hear from you guys out there. Who would you like to see be the Pacers' next head coach? Uh, again, D'Antoni could be at the top of that list, depending on what happens with the Rockets, if he moves on. But like you said, Lee, there's a lot of openings. He would maybe then get to pick where he would want to go if you know if, if every organization would want him that has a vacant spot. So we'll see. Um, we're going to get to our Celtics, Raptors, playoff preview and predictions. But first, quick word from our sponsors. Been doing a lot of sitting these last few months. Slouching, too. On my couch, I've been slouching. Snoozing? Yep, plenty of that. But as I look at my couch, I think of Sophie B. Hawkins and think, as I lay me down to sleep, this I pray, that you will hold me dear. (laughs) But lately, that hasn't been happening. (laughs) But thanks to Burrow, things are about to change. Because Burrow offers unique features that you won't find in big box furniture store sofas or even other sofas that you can get online. Durable fabric... It's naturally scratch and stain resistant. Now, the stain resistant is a big one. I've got two kids. My couches are stained forever. (laughs) My beautiful wife, Roxana, often washes the uh, covers, and I'm like, what's the point? What (laughs) is the point of that? You have a white couch, don't you? Oh, we have a very white couch, too. It used to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And it's like, you know, most of the stains are from the kids. Even when I spill wine, I just sort of shrug these days, and I'm like, who cares? Who cares? No one's coming over, for one. You're a giant uh, child, man. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, whoops. (laughs) But the good thing about Burrow is that you can now customize uh, your sofa to fit your decor and your needs. Pick your fabric color, leg finish. Arm style, armrest style. I love a good armrest. I like the flat one, mm. not the big curvy one. Curvy one you're trying to sort of balance on. I like a good flat one. So you can right. get one of those. But there's over 23,000 ways to customize your perfect sofa. Think about that. 23,000 wow. different ways. That's List incredible. List them, Lee. List them right now. <laughs> <laughs> I might. I might. I might be able to do that quicker than I finish this ad read. But uh, <laughs> the thing about uh, Burrow is all practical and versatile. You can assemble your sofa or break it down in minutes. And this is the best part. You don't need tools. Although, I will say, I probably would still put on my tool belt because I like putting on that tool, tool belt. <laughs> I put together some uh, furniture for my son the other day for his desk for school. Yep. Got, the, got the tool belt out. It was great. I did. Oh, wow. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, I just put it on for look. That's all. <laughs> um, anyway, you can also shop more easily. Burrow offers everything else you need for your space. The uh, Genius Sleep Kit transforms your comfy sofa into an even comfier bed, and that is what I'm very excited about. Mm. Uh, Burrow offers a collection of affordable rugs, coffee tables, love seats, <laughs> armchairs, <laughs> and ottomans. Everything is stylish, practical, and designed to go together. And just like their couches, their new shelves are modular, so you can start with one and add to it as you need more space. Skeetsy, you look like uh, you're using your space quite well there with your uh, framed <laughs> towel, but maybe you need uh, some shelves to add some other things, some other nah, knickknacks I'm there. I'm good there too. <laughs> you sure? All right. Well, you can always get fast and free shipping and zero interest financing. 
So go to burrow.com slash no dunks to get 75 bucks off your purchase. Plus fast and free shipping. See site for details. That's B-U-R-R-O-W dot com slash no dunks for 75 big ones off. Burrow be better. Don't forget that part. Burrow be better. <laughs> I can't believe there are two Sophie B. Hawkins songs about Burrow couches. <laughs> Who would have guessed? When you said Sophie B. Hawkins yesterday, I thought that's where you were going with that as I laid me down. And you went with, damn, I wish I was your couch or, or, or your cover or whatever it was. I thought, oh, perfect. I've got my ad read all ready for tomorrow now. Not many people know that the B in Sophie B. Hawkins stands for, <laughs> for Burrow. Burrow. <laughs> <laughs> Sophie Burrow <laughs> All right, uh, great stuff. What else well, we got? it's that time of the show that the real dunkheads look forward to. It's the Manscaped ad read. Over the past couple of weeks, we've heard all about dick beards and squat shaves. And, of course, the boom room. But I want to get back to the basics of manscaping. I want to talk to you about the Mons pubis. Because for me, when it comes to manscaping, it's all about that pubic mound. And I'm sure that's what the designers behind the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer were focused on too when they created the best trimmer in the game. With a ceramic blade and skin safe technology, Manscaped and their scientists are giving you the absolute best tool for your tool, belt. But you don't need a PhD in pubes to love Manscaped, as they've also got the inside info from some top apothecaries to create their Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. The Crop Preserver is a ball deodorant that helps keeps the Hibberts from chafing, while the Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner for soothing your minutes. Back when my grandfather's grandfather was manscaping, it was a two-day journey each way to old Mr. Gower's... <laughs> Soothing your minutes. We are. That's great stuff. That's great stuff. We are, I bet you, five or six days away Uh, from just straight up showing our pubic (laughs) during these ad reads. We're we're getting closer. You know Lee's going to stand up and show his tool belt and then decide, you know what? That's all it'll be. (laughs) He'll just move the tool, move the hammer. Check out this. It's space for itself. Check out the chisel. Uh, keep going, Trey. Keep going. Yeah, back when my grandfather's grandfather was manscaping, it was a two-day journey each way to old Mr. Gower's drugstore to buy his ball deodorant. But with Manscaped, it's all part of the Perfect Package 3.0, and they'll ship it to you for free in a beautiful travel bag. It's bad news for Mr. Gower's store. He had to sell it, but it's good news for you. Even better news, right now, Manscaped is giving you 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code THEATHLETIC20 to take your grooming game to the next level. Awesome. JD, you got to like, uh, you know, in a couple months from now, maybe in the off season, whenever that is, we got to compile the best ad reads we've had. <laughs> Uh, and just put them into a podcast and see if people would download and listen to them. I, I guarantee they will. I think they would too, because I think I would. There's yeah. been some very funny lines. I uh, just realized I'm wearing my Manscaped t-shirt. Oh. Is that all you're wearing, JD? <laughs> yeah. Why do you stand up, JD? Let's see if you're wearing any boxer briefs. <laughs> okay. Uh. Oh, boy. Okay. Let's uh, let's get into this Raptors-Celtics second round series. Game one, tipping Sunday, August 30th at 1 p.m. Eastern uh, on ESPN. Celtics took three out of four games during the regular season, uh, including 
122 to 100 victory inside the bubble. Key injury is really Gordon Hayward is out with the ankle injury. They will not have him at their services. The Beantown boys missing Gordon Hayward. But let's get into our keys to this series. We'll make our predictions. Task, get us started. What are you watching when it comes to, uh, you know, obviously a very highly anticipated Celtics-Raptors series here? Yes, it is. Raptors-Celtics for the first time ever. I think the two teams that people have been talking about the most in the bubble as well, playing really, really well. Mm -hmm. The Raptors, you know, have one of the best defenses, and they should... You know, be dealing the the Celtics some tough looks, but on the other side, the Celtics are going to do the same. Now the Raptors are basically playing a defense as good as theirs. So I'm looking at Pascal Siakam as a guy that has to basically overcome that by saying my offense is better than your defense because he's probably the only guy on the team uh, that can get his own shot at any time, regardless of the defense. And is he going to have learned? Something from Kawhi Leonard last year where he's going to be the go-to guy down the stretch because you can imagine it's going to be there are going to be some low-scoring games and he had it tough against the Celtics in the bubble there uh, in that seeding game. He was not himself. Uh, he looked pretty poor, 11-point night. He was 5 of 15. And I just think, uh, you know, Lowry and Fred Van Vliet, uh, they may be held down a, a little bit uh, because of this great defense. We're going to probably see some small ball. It's going to be it's going to be real fun uh, because, uh, you know, the, the the Raps may want to just get some more scorers on the floor, as many scorers as possible. Or maybe we'll see some surge. Who knows? Uh, but I think Pascal is going to have to take over at, mm. at, at times. And I think he may be the key. It may be what may come down to down the stretch is these two great defenses who's going to be more of the superstar, Pascal Siakam or Jason Tatum on the on the other side, because these D's are just going to be so, so tough. We're going to see some ugly games, and uh, I, I don't take a lot from that seeding game mm-hmm. uh, because, you know, they put up 122 points uh, on the Raps. Uh, but the Raps, just, they also had just kind of a, a dud of a game as well. They, they weren't right. Um, so we're going to see some uglies here, and I think Paskey, good sign that in, uh, in the final game against the Nets, he was coming on a little bit. Uh, offensively even though he does a ton he does a ton out there and he did a ton but I think the scoring is going to have to come they're going to take away a a lot of those other three-point shooters and Pascal might be open and he's got to be he's got to be a big point guy in this series for them to win okay so superstar Siakam for the Raptors to uh to beat the Celtics that's what Tass is watching what do you got Trey well, I'm with Tass on this one. I think this is going to be Lou Williams' favorite series because it's all about the wings. Uh, there are all-stars in back the backcourt for both of these teams. They're very evenly matched, and I think it's going to come down to the Siakam and OG matchup versus Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown because these two sets of wings for both of their teams are so versatile. I would think you would probably give um, the advantage to the Raptors defensively and probably in transition, but in the half-court offense... It's likely going to the Celtics. So maybe if it comes down to clutch time, you're seeing some Jason Tatum pull-ups. You're seeing uh, some Jalen Brown surprising pushes to the hoop. I don't know what it's going to be, but the marquee matchup to me is out there on the wing because both of the, both of these duos can really guard each other. Both of them will be cross-matching left and right. You know, Marcus Smart's going to be able to guard some of the wings for the Raptors. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, Kyle Lowry, they don't mind guarding a little yeah. bit bigger guys as well. It's just uh, going to be so interesting to see all of the different ways that these players are matched up on each other and which of the four of them can really seize the upper hand. Maybe it is Siakam. He was pretty good in the last game uh, for the Raptors in the seating. But um, 
We've also seen him struggle in half-court settings. You know, the Celtics are a very good transition team, so we'll see if they're able to keep the Raptors in a half-court setting. It's a There's a lot of... A lot of ways this could go, and it's interesting to think about, you know, who they're going to pull off the benches to be in in the wing rotation as well. We will see, um, but I don't know. The way that Brown and Tatum have been playing, I think that the advantage lies with the Celtics there. Right now, at least, we've seen um, Tatum hasn't had great series once the defense picks up a little bit, so we'll see if he's able to continue to be a superstar the way he has been since basically he was announced as an all-star this season. Yeah, the the missing Gordon Hayward, I think, is big in this series sure. because that's another big guy that, you know, then you're taking Smart out of the starting lineup, and it's like on switches and stuff like that, a Lowry or a Van Vliet is forced to take a guy that's just way taller because of switches and stuff like that. But now, you know, you, you at least remove one of their big guys, powerful guys in Hayward, wing guys, and you got Smart in there who's more their size. I mean, that's a, that's better. That's a, a huge uh, huge plus, I think, for the Raptors, not having him out there because he, he's played well at times. But, Lee, what are you watching for in this? Yeah, this is going to be a great series, I expect. It's going to be very, very tight. So, you know, looking into it, I was trying to find where one team maybe had an advantage over the other. And in transition, the Raptors had the best uh, offense in transition in the in the regular season and in this bubble. Mm-hmm. The Celtics were second. But the key point here is that defensively, the Raptors were one of the worst teams in the bubble at transition defense, whereas the Celtics were the best. So that sort of a margin, if the Celtics were able to slow down the Raptors' transition game while still scoring a lot in their own, that could really sort of tilt a couple of games uh, mm-hmm. in the Celtics way. And again, you know Brown and Tatum and with Kemba there as well. They love to get out and run. So it's a very, uh, very much that's a, a way that the Celtics will continue to score. Because I think in the half court, you know, the Raptors are good defense. The Celtics are good defense. You know, both teams are able to uh, score while defending it as well. But I think those are the sort of key areas that if the uh, if the Celtics can keep up their transition game, that's going to be very, very important to them. But if the Raptors can keep up theirs and the Celtics can't slow them down, then I think it does tilt back into the Raptors' favour. So I, I, I'm, I'm really torn on this series as a whole because I think it's, it is going to be great. And I think if Gordon Hayward was there, it probably tilted it back in the Celtics' favour. But uh, he's not there. So, you know, it's, it's going to be very, very close. And it's going to be one in the margins, I think. I don't think you're going to see any blowouts like you saw in that in that one bubble game, which was, you know, no, no team was really playing for all that much at the time and the Raptors were down big. But uh, I, I think it's going to be a great series, and I think it could be just one of those ones where you look at, one, you know, it could be a, a little um, a section of play in one of the quarters that could really change the game if one team can go on a run. Yeah, and especially with these coaches, you know, thinking outside the box so much and not being afraid to try things, both in Nick Nurse and Brad Stevens, it's uh, that will be fun. Like, if you're an NBA nerd, I think you're drooling over this series, mm. uh, you know, with the amount of talent out there and the different looks, again, that uh, these coaches will throw at the other team. They're not afraid to try things. There's going to be zone defense at times. There'll be box one defense. Like, it's going to be awesome. I I'm, I, I think it's going to be a very close series. I'm, I'm excited to see how the Raptors' defense tries to play Kemba Walker. Um, you know, they the, the Raptors have the... The luxury, I guess, of having two different types of bigs and how they play in Marc Gasol and Serge Ibaka. You know, one Marc Gasol definitely more of a like, I'll stay back, um, you know, in the paint off pick and rolls. Now we saw what happened to the the Sixers with Joel Embiid doing that and Kemba Walker and a lot of these guys just stepping into open jump shots. So that probably won't work. Um, But Serge Ibaka, much more athletic. He can get up there a little bit more. And also just your wing perimeter guys are just going to fight through screens more uh, the Raptors they just play harder defense than, than the Sixers do especially missing Ben Simmons so that will be something to watch but I'll focus on the benches and I guess Ibaka comes into play there 
all, all these, what you guys are saying, like, you know, the, the guards are fairly evenly matched. The wings are fairly evenly matched. Like, you know, inside probably favors the Raps at, at the center position. But we could just go to the benches here to decide this thing. And two of the best players on the Raptors in terms of scoring the ball are Serge Ibaka and Norman Powell. And I think that's where the Raps have a huge advantage over uh, over the Celtics in this. Raptors have four guys averaging over 17.5 points per game in the playoffs. And that doesn't include arguably their best player in Kyle Lowry, who's like, you know, much, much lower. So it's Van Vliet, Siakam, and then Abaka and Norman Powell. So those guys, you know, when they come off the bench, they could be the game changers. And you said it, Lee, maybe those are the couple minutes here or mm. there that ultimately decide that game and maybe the series. So that's big. And I'm not like, that's not a knock on some of the guys the Celtics have playing. Like they're going to throw the Williamsons out there. And I'm even sure Langford's going to get minutes, especially if guys get into foul trouble and Cantor and all this. But uh, I think it favors the Raptors, unless you guys disagree, that uh, when you go to the bench, um, they just, and like, even like a Hollis Jefferson, I think, is going to have a role in this series in terms of, again, like another guy that can play defense and can be a bit of a game changer. Um, just the way he plays, he just plays at a different, oddly different speed than a lot of people out there in energy. That's where it uh, could be a difference maker to me, the bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big time. Uh, I think the the bench is huge. The Raps are probably going to go small in that they're deep. Uh, you know, you mentioned all those guys like Norman Powell, and especially without Gordon Hayward, I, I, yeah. I feel like the Raps are going to mm-hmm. say, "All right, you know, bring out Romeo Langford, give it a shot, and, and play Siakam and OG Ananobi at the four five, and go totally small and see if the Celtics want to throw out a Shemi, you know, or somebody who." Uh, uh, who's going to try and keep up with a lot mm-hmm. of wings. And we're going to see some major small ball, I think. And then it's an advantage, I think, if if the Raps do throw out Serge or Marcus Sol because you can play Daniel Tice, who's a great defensive player and can move, or Ennis Cantor, who can hurt the Raps uh, a lot, actually. He can he can get on the glass and, uh, and hurt him. So, yeah, we're going to see a ton of small ball. And, yeah, two of the most creative coaches out there. So we're going to see a bunch of things out there. Oh, we are going to see, I think, a lot of, like, Hey, leave that guy wide open. Right. Leave him. Let's see if Marcus Smart can hit 11 threes in a game. <laughs> like, let's see if uh, OG can hit the corner three, you know, with any consistency. I think we see a ton of that uh, where these guys just load up on the stars and say, well, we're not letting Siakam beat us or we're not letting Tatum beat us, like that type of thing. And like these fringe guys, like you better be able to hit an open shot because I think guys are going to get them and it's like, who's just going to be able to knock them down with more consistency? And that's like a bit of like a who knows, right? Tice can step out there and hit shots at times. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You can also miss them. Of course, Abaka's sort of uh, hot and cold at times from out there. He'll get looks. Uh, It'll be fun. This will be fun. So unless there's anything else to add, I mean, let's get to these predictions. Uh, I guess the only real question is what's going to be up with Lowry? Is he going to be playing, right? Like, yeah. um, how much are we going to see Lowry? It, uh, it's hard to rule him out, right? Like, I think we all assume he's going to be there for every minute. So. He could possibly play. But if Lowry's missing time, that certainly hurts uh, the Raptors. It hurts their depth, obviously. And he's done a really good job on Jason Tatum, actually, despite mm-hmm. the uh, the size difference. Yeah. Um, and, and a quick Schumann stat. I don't know if he's still watching, but uh, you said it sort of no. off the top there, he Tass. Left. He left. Okay. He saw my picture frame up and he was like, okay, we're good <laughs> yeah. to go. Um, the Raptors and the Celtics are the two teams that have played the most Eastern Conference playoff games over the last six years. And they've never faced each other here in the postseason. Hmm. So this is a first. Um, yeah. Raptors 66 games, Celtics 60 playoff games. Pretty crazy. So we finally get this series. Who wants to get us started? Tass, go ahead, man. Throw down your prediction. Rap Celtics, where are you going? Well, I believe for no actual reason of fact that Kyle Lowry is going to be healthy. I think the, th- <laughs> the three days 
had to benefit him. Sure. In some way, shape, or form, the three extra days that he's got off, uh, I think, yeah, the Raps are going to go small and try and see what the the Celtics bench can do. And and I buy that the the Raps are a little bit more deep. And the last factor as well, uh, families are supposed to be joining for the second round. And no idea if that's still the case and what's still happening because I haven't heard a little Bo Peep about that for weeks and weeks and weeks. I think uh, Monday is when a lot of them are then clear to see them, actually. A lot of them are there already, but they have to be in quarantine, right? Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. that's what I've, well, That's what I've heard, that Monday might be like the actually getting to hug your loved ones and stuff like that. Well, Fred Van Vliet's son is probably there. Advantage Raptors. Give me the uh, Raptors in seven. Just because. Lowry's, Lowry's huge. If Lowry's not playing, I would definitely lean towards the Celtics. And sure feels feels like the Celtics uh, series to take. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm playing a homer card. Raps in seven. Raps in seven. Okay, League, where are you going? Yeah, I think I'm going the same. It's a tough one to pick because you can easily see both teams kind of getting on top of the other one at some point. But uh, they're both deep, both talented. Uh, with Gordon Hayward out, I think it does... <clears throat> excuse me, does tilt it uh, back towards the Raptors. And I think, again, just the Raptors have an advantage with their bigs. I like Gasol and Ibaka a little more than Tice and Cantor, even though both of them are capable. And Cantor, he's actually been a, a solid defender for the Celtics. So, um, But I just I just like the Raptors a little bit more. So I'm taking the Raptors in seven as well. Okay. Trey, where are you, where are you leaning here? I can't wait for this series. This might be the best series of the entire playoffs. And as we all know, the winner of this series is going to the NBA Finals. Give me a green hat. Get my man Cheeve in the chat because I'm going with the Beantown boys. Celtics in seven. Wow. All right. Well, look, I'm sorry. I know it's the first time they've ever played in playoffs, but I'm never picking the Celtics over the Raptors. <laughs> Kyle Lowry could not play. Van Vliet could not play. Ibaka could not play. You know, on and on and on. Siakam could not play. I'm still picking the Raptors. I just, I can and this is Paul Pierce's fault. There's no doubt. I, I'm just like, I can't. You know, it's like I dislike Mike Bibby the most, and then it's Paul Pierce right there. And a lot of it because he, you know, hurt our Raptors and has had things to say in the past. I know he's not even on this team anymore, but, you know, it's a Paul Pierce. He is uh, forever linked with the Celtics. I can't do it. I'm sorry, Beantown boys. I'm not picking your team. I know they're amazing. I've been talking up Kemba Walker, this entire bubble uh, experiment down there, right from the get-go. I'm like, oh, my God, even in limited minutes, like, this guy looks awesome. Uh, I was always confused still listening to Bill Simmons. He, he seemed hesitant. I don't know if he was, like, worried about a jinx or something, but he kept like, sort of saying uh, he was worried about Kemba. He looked incredible, and they worked him in slowly, and now he's just dominating. He worries me here in this series, but I'm going Raptors in seven because I can't pick those green hats ever, 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 ever. I'm sorry, Chief, but uh, Raps in seven, a lot of us. Trey, Celtics in seven. What's the comments saying? Get your predictions in, guys. I wonder where people will lean in this one. It's tough. It's it's really tough. It's like, what? who is just going to knock down the, again, I think these guys on the fringe, these open shots that are going to get, who's going to knock them down more in the great sight lines there in these arenas with those <laughs> Who knows? I mean, uh, the Raps obviously, uh, well, I guess they both have fantastic home court advantages, uh, you know, great crowds, but uh, it probably hurts the Raptors more, I actually think, playing on a neutral floor yeah. uh, in this series because they would have had home court. Mm-hmm. You would have had a potential game seven at home. You're always going to like your chances there, but tough, tough, tough. Okay, we got a Raps in seven. We got a Raps in six. This is, I'm reading the YouTube comments. We got a C's in seven. There's going to be so many oh, yeah. in seven. It's, it's very split, and it's a lot of people picking long series. And of course, mm. 
Some people are just saying poop pierce. So yeah, poop pierce. Yeah, I'm on board. With that. I, yeah, of course, <laughs> you got to. You got to. You got to. All right. Look, um, we got we got a little bit more. We're gonna set up today's games. But... <laughs> beans in seven. Here we go. Oh, boy. Well, we're all winners at the beans. And that and that's from Jay Stew. It says beans in seven. Fitting. Very fitting. So listen to this um, Instagram message we received last night. This is this is a real Instagram message we received. Quote. I just wrote my PhD thesis using Grammarly's help, and I received a lot of compliments on my writing. English is not my native tongue. Use this on your next ad read. End quote. That was a real message we got last night from Ricardo. A fantastic recommendation, very much appreciated. Also a little funny because Ricardo accidentally spelled compliments wrong. Um, but that's okay. That's okay. He probably turned off his Grammarly. Uh, and he was in IG, right? You're in Instagram. It, you know, lesson learned. But Grammarly is the digital writing assistant that helps more than 20 million people, just like Ricardo, put their best words forward. I love this service. Um, the premium level is the way to go. It truly helps your writing. It focuses on clarity and vocabulary, vocabulary Excuse me, suggestions. Holy crap, do I need that? Uh, you ever notice how many times I say bonkers on this show? <laughs> or ridiculous? I mean, I'll take a word and I will beat it into the ground. And it's tough not to do. It really it really is. Um, but Grammarly helps out. Especially when you know, you're writing your emails and stuff like that. You're like, okay, I'll always use that word. Give me something else. Mm-hmm. All right. I like that. Oh, yeah, let's try that. So it, I, I love it. And again, I talked about it yesterday when you were talking about Lee. I love the interface. I think it's so just like flawless, especially when you're writing an email and you just click this little button if you want. And then it's like, oh, hey, fix this. Hey, change that. Do that. It's like fantastic. So get 20% off Grammarly Premium when you sign up at Grammarly.com slash no dunks. That's 20% off Grammarly Premium at Grammarly.com slash no dunks. G-R. A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash no dunks. Okay, basketball. Uh, do, you, do you guys ever lie in bed and wonder, maybe our ad reads are too good? <laughs> it's crossed my mind. We put more work into our ads almost <laughs> than our actual show. And, and I don't know. I just, I just don't know. Maybe we, should, maybe we just maybe we start an agency. Maybe we just... <laughs> let, oh, that's yeah, not a bad boys. idea. Yeah. Uh, but maybe we just... Let's flip everything around. Let's just start with the ad reads. <laughs> and then the basketball talk will be the ad reads. You know how that makes sense? <laughs> <laughs> this series brought to you by yeah. Raptors versus Celtics. <laughs> <laughs> let's take a quick break to talk mm. a little bit of basketball. Uh, all right. Well, let, sure. let's talk basketball here. Yeah, Tass, okay. uh, we, we got basketball back in our lives here on Saturday. What are we looking at? Three games, right? That's right. Starting on ESPN, Bucks trying to end the Orlando Magic. That was the the first game where we saw the walkout of the Milwaukee Bucks. They're back taking to the floor here on Saturday after uh, after a hectic couple days where everybody uh, seems to be on the same page now. Looking forward to how the Bucks play in, in that game. I think it's pretty big in that, as we talked about with the the, the Celtics and uh, the Raptors playing so great going into round two. So are the Miami Heat. Uh, who are waiting for the Milwaukee Bucks. So they got to end that series pretty well. And I, I, like everybody else, assume that's over. Obviously, we're all looking forward to uh, the first game of the TNT doubleheader, Russell Westbrook coming back against OKC, pivotal game five. And then the last game uh, on TNT tonight, the Blazers and the Lakers. Totally understand why some people may be a little down on this game as Damian Lillard has left the bubble and so have the chances for the Blazers to come back from 3-1. Let's be entirely honest. That being said, I think we're going to get a big game 
from Carmelo Anthony. We're going to get a throwback uh, because shots, 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 shots are available here <laughs> uh, with Damian Lillard out. And you know Melo's going to take them. Does that help his team win? Doesn't matter. It's not, it's not the point. The point is we're going to see a flashback mellow. Last time he had a, a monstrous game in the postseason was a long, long time ago, 2013, when he was a member of the Knicks. He had a 39 to end uh, his run there. That was the last game of the playoffs. I think he's going 40 tonight. <laughs> I think I think we can see a 40 spot. Why the heck not? He's, I, I think C.J. McCollum quite often, you know, he, he's, he's passing up to, to Damian Lillard, but... I think he will pass up a lot of shots, and Melo will be there to jack them. So let's see a 40 spot from Camarillo Anthony tonight. As long as it's not a blow and he sits, I guess that's an issue. But could be. Uh, he'll be yeah. he'll be out there. He'll be out there. Why not? We'll see. What were you going to say there, Lee? Uh, no, the Blazers. It's a bit of a bit of a disappointing end to them because uh, you know yeah. they they fought their way from really a low chance to get into the playoffs. They get into the playoffs. They win that first game. Lillard has a monster in that first game, and now unfortunately. Uh, his body's gotten a little beaten up and he had to leave and the Blazers are going to lose in five. So uh, the gentleman sweep there. Uh, no, excuse me. It's the douchebag. Douche the douchebag, right. yeah. yeah. Um, Two douchebag sweeps in play here today. Yes, right? yeah. We were on track for three there for, uh, until the uh, Nuggets came back and beat the Jazz. So, uh, yeah. But, yeah, the, you, you think the Bucks are going to finish off the Magic and the Lakes are going to do that. The real big game is the uh, the pivotal game five between the uh, Rockets and Thunder, which I'm looking forward to with Westbrook back. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Good, good to have basketball back. Who is going to drop um, a salute to to Chadwick Boseman tonight? Who's going to drop the uh, mm. the Wakanda Forever sort of salute? Is it will it be LeBron? Will it be someone else? It's happening. Probably Someone's going to hit a big three yeah, yeah, or a big yeah. dunk or something. I, It'll be pretty iconic, I think, when it does happen. I don't know mm-hmm. who will be first, but we'll, we'll probably see it tonight. That'd be very, very cool. All right, guys, let's call it there. Thanks for joining us here on a Saturday. Email us your questions and comments to no dunks at theathletic.com. Grab yourself a sweet No Dunks t-shirt over at nodunks.com. Go grab one of those. If you listen to the podcast on iTunes, leave your boys a five-star rating and review. Let us know your favorite ad read in the comments there. Why not? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we it should s- be a five-star Friday next, uh, next Friday, first of the month. So get some good ones in. Okay, great. Um, and we will be back on Sunday morning here to recap today's games, get you all set up uh, again for the games on Sunday. Never stops. No Ducks never stops here, guys. So thank you so much, honestly, for uh, for joining us either live or listening to the podcast. We truly, really appreciate it. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, check out that all ad read podcast JD just whipped together while he was <laughs> off camera. Thanks, JD. Tune in. It's a great, great episode. Brought to you by the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> Embrace the day, people.